Hello, Alex from Scrimba here. You are listening to a recording of one of our weekly fireside chats here at Scrimba. In a nutshell, we sit around an imaginary campfire and have real conversations about learning to code and how to land your first junior developer job. We bring out the imaginary kindling every Tuesday, and while we hope you enjoy this recording, we would much prefer to see you there live because when you attend live, you get to participate in the chat and ask us questions. To learn more about the Fireside Chats, such as how to join, what exciting topics are upcoming, and what specific time the event happens in your time zone, head to scrimba.com forward slash fireside. On behalf of myself, my wonderful co-host Leanne from Scrimba, and everybody else on the Scrimba team, and our occasional guests here in the Fireside Chats, please enjoy this episode, and remember to subscribe so that you see future episodes as well as support the show. Let's get into it. I don't have any coding-related certificates. What about you, Leanne? Uh, nope, I don't have any coding certificates. But I do have certificates which I think are useless. So, um, <laughs> I get, yeah, getting a certificate doesn't necessarily make you biased towards them. So it all depends mm. if they've ended up paying off in life. That's a good point. That's a very good point. But you've, So you've got certificates, but you just don't think they really helped you as much as you hoped? Um, well, some of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as an example, Michael and I have an ongoing joke because um, at school we all had to get a cycling proficiency certificate for some reason. And um, Michael's seen me on a bike and he thinks I'm absolutely useless. So that just goes to show that having a certificate in something doesn't necessarily prove your ability in it. Yeah, I can confirm Leanne does not know how to cycle, oh even God. though she's doing so good for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Just because you have a MySQL certification doesn't mean you know how to join tables, maybe is the analogy to draw there. Absolutely. All righty. Wow. How many people do we have here? 47, 48 almost in just a few minutes. So we'll definitely kick things off now. Um, Welcome, everybody, to another Fireside Chat. This is a very kind of informal, casual session we host every Tuesday among us, the Scrimba team. Sometimes we bring on guests, like recently we had Danny Thompson and Florian Pop. And the other really cool thing about Discord stages is that you have an opportunity to come up on the stage and get involved. What does that mean in practical terms? Well, today we're going to be talking about are certifications worth it for junior developers? And sure, we have some views, but as someone learning to code, I'm sure you probably experienced certificates in some respect, whether you've explored them or maybe are working towards one. Um, We'll be really curious to get your take on what kind of value you perceive them to have. And yeah, maybe we can just kick things off a little bit, like in the Discord um, State Fireside Chat channel. Do you have any certifications relating to programming? And if so, could you post the title of those certifications in the Fireside Chat channel? I think that would be a really fun way to kick things off. And while we do that, I was hoping that Leanne, maybe you could talk us through what's By the way, I'm conflating certification and certificates. I guess they're basically the same thing, um, but I'll just pick one when I ask you, what is a certificate exactly? Yeah, well, we thought about this a bit earlier and we reached the conclusion that some kind of document, maybe online or traditionally on paper, which proves that you've completed course or some training. However, they're not all created equal, and as I've demonstrated with my cycling proficiency certificate example, they don't necessarily prove ability. 
One thing I will say about a lot of developer certificates is that they're not all created equal. Um, unlike a university that offer a bachelor's degree, it's kind of a widely recognized thing. Like someone like Scrimba can't just start offering bachelor degrees, um, but any company really can offer a certificate. So probably what a certificate is and how important it is can depend on which organization or company is giving you the certificate. Do you think it's fair to say that some are more impactful and useful than others? Yeah, definitely. But talking about degrees... Even all degrees are not created equal. It depends what university you go to, what subject you study. So even within something which is generally accepted to be bona fide, there's different levels of how respected they are, I suppose. I think it's the same for coding certifications as well. We had our live stream with uh, Danny Thompson last week, and he was saying that there are, are a few which are industry-recognised. Um but a lot of the time, other certificates outside of those are more for your own sense of achievement and um, the feeling you get upon completing something rather than actually proving to anyone that you can do stuff. Totally. There are a lot of reasons to get certificates and different ways of thinking about them. I'm super excited to pull them all today. Um, maybe to set some context, I know that Scrimba, of course, we offer a certificate to any who completes the front-end career path, but there are, of course, many others. Michael, can you maybe paint a picture about what kind of certificates exist and why they're interesting? Yeah, sure. Um, kind of in the coding world, there are so many different types and uh, they all range from uh, where they are provided by uh, educational um, kind of like Frico Camp or Scrimba or uh, you know Plural Site, uh, Udemy, and so on. Kind of every Udemy course comes with a certificate, um, and then obviously big companies like AWS, uh, Google. Well, their Google Cloud platform uh, and sorry AWS. So that was uh, Amazon Web Services. Uh, Azure is Microsoft Cloud provider. So each of them uh, give their own certification, and then big giants like Salesforce, uh, they provide their own uh, training and so on. So you can kind of go into also whether they're dev. Uh, so dev-related uh, certifications would be like um, GCP practitioner, where while you're learning how to do that certification, you will learn how to work with Google Cloud services, uh, what, how to stand up databases on there, how to create load balancers, basically create all the infrastructure in the cloud. And then, for example, something like Salesforce would uh, teach you how to use that particular software. Uh, Microsoft certification usually ranges from literally like how to use their IDE or Visual Studio um, mm -hmm. and all the way to, yeah, pretty much how to manage their SQL services, how to manage um, their actual Microsoft, uh, like Windows 7 admin services and so on. Uh, so really, whether you, if you see a piece of software that's managed by some big company, it's quite likely there is a certificate for that. I guess that's a great distinction, Ben. Like there's a certificate of completeness, which is kind of what you get from Udemy, Scrimba, and um, for Free Code Camp, for that matter. And I think they're excellent because they show that you've put a lot of effort into something. And if you're new to the industry and you need something to almost pad out your resume, I think that's a great thing to do because you're going yeah. to um, earn them whilst you're learning. And that's exactly what you should be doing. And then perhaps there are a bit more, what I would call the big boy certificates, which come from companies like Microsoft and AWS and Salesforce. And I happen to know because 
My first aspiration as a GF was to be a .NET developer and use C Sharp. And being a bit confused, like a lot of new developers are, so we try and help a lot with the Scrimba because we know how confusing it can be. There are so many options. I was strongly exploring these certificates. And I learned that to earn one of the Microsoft certificates for like, I think it was about multi-threading and parallel processing with .NET. You have to go to like a task center. You're in like a um, sort of moderated environment where you can't cheat basically. And the mass majority of the questions and answers would be like multi-choice type questions. And maybe maybe things have changed, maybe things are different for different organizations. But I do think that's a good distinction to make the certificate of completeness and a certificate that proves you can answer the questions. But whether that whether being able to answer the questions means you can actually do the job is another topic of debate. So I want to ask you, Leanne, do you think if somebody gets a certificate, are they guaranteed the job? Does it prove they can do the job? Um, if we're talking specifically about coding, then no. Well, actually, maybe about any industry. Getting a certificate doesn't guarantee you a job because you also have to demonstrate your ability outside of that. Even if it did guarantee you a job, once you got to that job, if you didn't actually have the ability, you're quickly mm. going to go downhill. Um, so what it boils down to is certificates can be great for you in terms of coding um, to track your own ability and pad out your CV or your LinkedIn maybe. But you should also be thinking about building projects on the side which can demonstrate that ability rather than just claiming you can do it because of a certificate also really going to help you if you've got some evidence for that in the form of stuff that you've actually built if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying that it's so important to build projects to show potential employers and actually flex your ability to actually build products and solve problems instead of only blindly focusing on certifications yeah, definitely. And doing that is also going to really help you to learn better because I think we've all been in situations where we've had to pass a test. Uh, maybe it's a driving test or a school exam and you've kind of taught yourself to pass the test. The knowledge hasn't really sunk in and it's only later when you're doing stuff kind of of your own volition that when you really learn the concept totally i think uh, intuitive cutie i love that username says in the chat projects greater than certificates question mark that's pretty much what we're saying i think um and i i definitely recognize that sentiment that some tests and i don't think we should paint with a broad brush necessarily but maybe it's fair to say that the majority of certifications um, are like memorized and regurgitate kind of thing. Like just because you can cram or like a sponge absorb a bunch of knowledge or water before a test doesn't mean you're going to retain that information and apply it very well. Um, but there are certainly some some advantages as well. Um, should we talk about some other reasons why people might want a certificate? Yeah, there is an interesting question in the chat from Kuntal. Uh, does the certificate need to be verified or something? Um, some companies provide it. Does it make any difference? And I think that is an important um, thing to talk about because there are some certificates that have to be verified. I'm not really sure in the coding community. I think Michael's got some information on that. Um, but other certificates, basically anyone can offer a certificate. So maybe that's where the differentiation is between what's looked for in the industry specifically and things which more for your own 
completionist nature or gratification? Yeah, it's mostly um, like, for example, uh, I currently work for a company that provides security services to um, other IT companies, and uh, they are also uh, training one of the security courses. So generally within the community, people know that that particular course has industry-wide recognition, and there's only one institute that can actually award that certificate. Uh, so if you cover the same thing with a different provider, uh, then people would still know that you covered the material, but because there is institutional weight behind a particular course, then it's it's like kind of like, you know, if you have a degree from Oxford or Cambridge, it doesn't mean that you know any more than a person from any other university. But there is kind of bias that people would get much more impressed by Cambridge or Oxford University degree than by any other university. So it, the, there is no correlation with knowledge, but there is definitely uh, kind of more doors are more easily opened when you have something like that. In preparation for this, I wanted to kind of research a little bit and read from employers to see how they think about certificates. So I did a lot of research on Quora and Dev.2 and stuff like that. And one really like likely idea came up, which is that this guy, this hiring manager said, if somebody figures, what that interviewer likes to do is look at the curriculum for that certificate and then ask some follow-up questions about it to sort of prove that the person can talk with authority about the things they are certified in. And so I think even if it can or cannot be verified, like agree, if you're trying to apply to a job and pretend you have it in Cambridge, the HR team is going to like catch you out very, very quickly because there's like a central body. You can phone the university and find out. I think with certificates, there's a, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest or even imagine that anybody's thinking about falsifying it. I'm just saying that like, I think the reason their body is they're not always taken like that seriously and what's more pragmatic is that the interview kind of ask you to talk about um those topics which kind of begs the question did you need the certificate to have that conversation i think also um what michael said um slightly earlier about some certificates actually in practical terms being quite useless but just opening doors is an interesting point but i'm not really sure that's the case in coding actually um, in certain professions certainly but i think um so much in this industry. Michael, what other reasons do you think somebody might endeavour to get a certificate? Uh, I would say like um, quite often kind of, you know, if you if you think back at uh, friends you made at school or university, uh, we kind of still keep in touch with people with whom we studied. Uh, and I think it's um, kind of like going through a stressful period in time with uh, a same group of people is usually a very bonding experience. Mm. So, uh, for example, undergoing some very rigorous course or uh, certification is a very interesting way to make connections within the industry. Uh, so if you go into regulated spaces like healthcare or data security uh, or aerospace or uh, pretty much a lot of more or less traditional uh, engineering roles. But then to be fair, all of them have a software aspect. So aerospace has software Cars have software, healthcare, you know, your MRI machine, literally everything has it. And these industries industries have to comply with already existing regulations. And they basically enforce certification on you saying that if you want to work with us, you have to do this because it's reduced uh, liability for companies, uh, not necessarily because they care about your knowledge. Uh, but on the other hand, while doing these certifications, you're in the same boat with people who also have to do it. So it's a great opportunity to meet people who will encounter very similar problems to you. 
and create a network of support uh, to then reach out if you have uh, if you're stuck or you have any problems. Yeah, totally agree. I, I want to add to that because um, you got me thinking. Like when we spoke about popular certificates and stuff, I think a lot of new developers get jobs at like web or mobile agencies, marketing agencies, that kind of thing, like doing coding. And in those cases, it can be really good to have like some, when you're talking about like medicine industry, aerospace and that kind of thing, it got me thinking how if you're working in like an agency or thing, it can actually be really cool to have like a supplementary certificate, like for example, to do with AdWords, which is nothing to do with coding really. But if you're going to a marketing agency, they recognize that, okay, yes, you have to code. That's my third of the job. Another third is being a great teammate. And another third of the job, I'm making this up, of course, is to actually understand the customers and the industry. And so earning certificates or perhaps relating, think about it. If you've, do, if you've been doing AdWords for your career and now you're changing to be a developer, of course, replace AdWords with anything that's um, pertinent to what you're doing. You could probably quite quickly and easily earn one of those certificates. They probably aren't going to be scrutinized too heavily because job is about coding. And they can just be one more day, one more thing helps you be successful in the process. Um, and I also feel like it can sometimes, and I wouldn't recommend this for new new programmers or people looking for their first job necessarily, but it can be helpful, I think, to get certificates in things like database design, like just the basics of relational database theory, for example, because Again, the job might not be about like database engineering or database administration. Most developers have to touch a database their job on some to some extent. And so having that kind of like additional knowledge, it can only make you appear, I think, more well-rounded. Um, but I also think it bears repeating that at the end of the day, you need to be able to solve problems and build actual projects. And generally, your effort is best prioritized building those skills instead of chasing certificates. And how did you phrase it, Leanne? Like, um, like a... a going for completeness like liking to complete things mm. yeah definitely i think there might be a tendency uh, if you're not careful to want to tick off more and more certificates so you've got more kind of badges on your linkedin profile but if you're doing that and you're rushing through courses um just so you can add another one then you're not going to learn as effectively as if um you just took your time and learned stuff properly basically so I know it's great to get these things to say that you've completed stuff, but really what's important is whether you can actually do it at the end of it. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit dangerous, really, This uh, <laughs> these certificate kind of badges, the way they kind of gamify some things, because then what you might lose is the depth of learning, which you really need. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're- also, sometimes, uh, kind of, I just remember that actually, sometimes a certificate can get you a small pay rise uh, to your base salary. Yeah. Um, although I'm not entirely sure if it was uh, kind of in my previous place, fire marshals would get a slight bump to no way. salary. <laughs> I was a fire marshal. I didn't get, I didn't get a salary bump. But now yeah. everyone's working from home, so that's no longer the case. <laughs> Fun story, I was on vacation last week and I stayed in a hotel and at 1.30 a.m. in the morning, fire alarm goes off and I have to like leave the hotel and hang out with the fire marshals outside. Yeah, actually, Michael saying that has just reminded me of in a lot of my previous jobs, I've had to, whenever I started there, I had to do these certifications, <laughs> supposedly, which there was always the same ones like uh, looking after people's data um respect in the workplace and things like that and the funniest one was always the health and safety one because it would be like you know don't trip over cables don't leave 
water next to electricals. If something's on fire, leave the building. And it's just every single job I ended up doing this certification. It's really kind of meaningless. Oh, well, working, working from home, I think we can do away with those certificates for now, don't you think? Yeah, Yeah. well, I sure hope so, unless uh, Michael's going to get me doing a health and safety one. Oh, no, 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 I don't doubt it. It's likely the other way around. <laughs> I, learned, I learned something interesting when I did my research earlier. I learned that a lot of agencies, like, and, and I think an, like an agency broadly is just a place where they do clients' work. So clients come with ideas for apps and websites and stuff like that. But also, if you think about technologies like, like Salesforce or AWS and maybe some other platforms like, that, that sound similar to you, um, Salesforce, for example, they often want customers to adapt their platform, but adapting an app like Salesforce isn't easy. I'm going to really oversimplify and that Salesforce involves a data migration. So if a company or enterprise switching from one particular platform to Salesforce, what Salesforce does isn't so important. It's not possible for customers to buy Salesforce because they're like, we just can't transfer our data. It's too hard. We don't have enough pure. And so what Salesforce do is they partner. So when a customer comes to Salesforce, they say, okay, we hear your complaints. We've partnered with this agency to help you um, you know, we'll pay for them to do it. If they're a big enterprise customer, pay the agency on behalf of the customer because they know the lifetime value of great. Um, and the point being that Salesforce, often, and if an employee in the agency has a certificate, Salesforce regard that company as having more like high quality employees, they'll pay more for the company to do the job. And so your employer might basically encourage you to get a certificate, like a Salesforce certificate, if if that's the kind of job you're doing, right? And I'm, I'm using Salesforce as an example, a huge enterprise company, um, but any kind of like business-to-business software, no matter what it does, could fall in that camp. And so I wouldn't, by the way, recommend or think sense to like, if you have a list of things you're hoping to learn, like React, Flexbox, CSS Grid, I probably wouldn't put like a Salesforce certificate anywhere near that list. Because I think another point about certificates is that they cost money. Like it almost always costs money and um, certificates of completeness like you get on YouTube and stuff they're always free really but when we're talking about these test-based certificates you often have to pay for like the materials whether it's access to the training the books to take the test and the admin fee if not a profit for the company and all this kind of stuff um, and so probably don't you don't really want to do those things as your employer is going to sponsor you it and pay for it which is obviously the next step like if you don't have a job yet it's not something to worry about um I guess one reason this is worth saying as well is because some employees or some employers when they hire you they will even tell you like hey we're going to hire you we've identified some gaps in your knowledge we're going to ask you to complete these certificates i i, I did genuinely read about this earlier today like something happened it doesn't sound fun because to your earlier point leanne like if a certificate is kind of proving your effort and marks a milestone in, in your progress then if an employer wants you to keep learning and getting better basically becoming better value for money as you improve and your salary stays the same it's obviously a good situation to be in by kind of stipulating that you do a certificate um, they can kind of encourage you to keep learning and, and obviously improve the efficacy of the team as you become a better contributor. And so the point being, ultimately, that when you see people on LinkedIn or on um, their resumes and stuff and they have a bunch of certificates, there's normally a whole backstory that goes with it. Like, it's quite uncommon, I think, for people to, like, actively pursue certificates but don't have a job but through having worked a few jobs people tend to pick them up here and there and some jobs also have a training budget to yeah either get certificates or go to conferences and stuff so that's something you might want to consider using if you're negotiating as part of your salary 
that's actually a very good shout. Quite often companies might not have a lot of ground to move on uh, for your base salary, but because of like different taxation for the learning budget, uh, they can accommodate the learning budget. So uh, you also don't really want to spend training budget from your own salary because you kind of, when you receive salary, you have already paid tax on it. But if the company pays for your training budget, then it means you do not have to take it out of your pocket. So it goes on the company smart. expense. So kind of like £3,000, for example, in uh, company expense is not £3,000 out of your pocket. So you're saying like, say, say you have a job offer and let's just make up the numbers and say the salary is $70,000 a year yeah. or something. And um, you could possibly say to them like, hey, I actually want $69,000 a year, but can I please have a $2,000? Like you, you want to get a bit extra, right? You'd be saving tax. Like, can I have a $2,000 a year budget to do conferences and, and talks and stuff like that? Yeah. So that kind of, yeah, that, that might work. Obviously, I don't really know American taxation system, but that might work out as better. Yeah, definitely. Definitely look into it. Like if you have an offer, well, it just to simplify, like if you have an offer for 70,000 and you say, oh, can I do 75? And they say, well, how about we give you 72 and $5,000 training budget or something? Then you would definitely go for that. I love that so much. I, I think we could probably do a fireside chat on this one day with like salary negotiation and stuff. Like everybody kind of assumes to split the difference and focus on one number, which is the salary. But what you just described is like a pretty creative way to get a favorable situation. So very, very cool. Definitely yeah, because it's something. like you would spend money on books anyway. You would spend money on books, on courses. Uh, so it's kind of inevitable. So yes. if you can expense it, then I think about it. Very cool. All right. So this is pretty much the halfway point in the fireside chat. Today, we're talking about certificate for junior developers. Worth it. I want to hear a bit more about why you think Liana is such a bad cyclist, Michael. But before, I want to ask if anybody would like to come up on the stage and talk about their experience with certificates. Um, I want to emphasize that this is like a super safe and welcoming place. I know there are people like in the stage listening and stuff, but we all want you to like have a good time and, and talk how you would like to freely. Um, so no pressure there whatsoever. What we'd love to hear about is like, are there any skills you're looking at? Why, why do you want to get them? Like, we're not saying it's good or bad. We just want to kind of explore it a bit more. Um, it would also be super great to hear about any experiences with certificates. Like, did you maybe, did it help you get the job? Did the employer say, ah, oh, this was a good thing. Or, or maybe in an interview, somebody said, ah, oh, well, we would have liked this certificate or something along those lines. Um, I'll check, I'll monitor the um, button in a second. Um, but yeah, Michael, what gives? Why, why, are you, why are you ripping on the uncycling skills so much? Yeah, Michael, tell all. <laughs> we once rented bicycles in Italy um, and uh, I was kind of, I, I looked at Liana, I was like, can you actually cycle? And she said, yes, I've got a cycling proficiency. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, fair enough. Well, let's rent bicycles. And I think it was like a 10 mile little cycle um, both ways. And all my days. It's more like two miles. Because. <laughs> uh, half a day to cover that mileage and i seriously was thinking like one of us is going to get run over um, there was something wrong with the bike <laughs> so after that i was like right i should not trust uh certificates i should i should test the skills before i just blindly trust in certificates yeah words to live by i mean uh, let's be honest i had the driving license before i came to the uk 
and it took me six try six attempts to actually pass it. So again, you see, I had a driving license from a government body, and that does not mean that my skills were up to scratch. I mean, before I have a UK driving license, and I still drive awful. So <laughs> yeah, well, a comment. <laughs> All right, I don't. I'm a bit reluctant. I don't think there's anybody we can invite to the stage right now. Um, the, the the long and short is that to bring you on the stage, we want to... Oh, no. Alex has been deleted. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, he's back. Not twice now. Like, Danny Thompson, and I accidentally laughed, and he was like, Haha, it's the Danny Thompson show now, baby. <laughs> like, <I> just, <laughs> yeah, um, to bring you on the stage, we need to see that you've been, like, reasonably recently active on the Scrimba server, because we actually opened this stage up to the public, not just server members, and if we don't recognize you... Um, we can't give you a microphone, I'm afraid, today. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the benefits and considerations about getting a certificate. Um, you said earlier, Liam, when we chatted this afternoon about, like, it's kind of kudos, like, it's kind of fun, it's kind of bragging. It's kind of, you kind of brag a little bit, humbly, about having certificates. Yeah, I think it is nice when you complete a course that you've got something to show at the end of it for that kind of immediate gratification, because... Okay, you're building up these skills which long-term, all being well, will definitely result in um, something great for you, but you really want something in the short term as well, usually. And so it's nice to get things like that. And it's a great way to keep track of what you've learned as well, so you can look back in six months' time and see this collection of skills that you've hopefully actually got, as well as got on your LinkedIn. Um so, yeah, from that point of view, I think it's uh, it's nice to have that sense of achievement. So, like little milestones, right? Like little, like, yeah, it's, it's motivating, isn't it? It's a knockoff little accomplishments. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I would feel proud. Like, if I genuinely, and non, and by the way, at Scrimba, if you complete the front-end career path, uh, how long does it take, Leanne, typically? I know, I know everybody's a bit different, but what number would you say? Well, we used to say about three months, but then we realised we shouldn't really be putting a time frame on it because mm. it all depends on people's other commitments and if they're studying full time or if they're doing it around work or children. Um, so it really depends. But if you want to say about three to six months as a ballpark. But come on, how proud would you feel if you finish that from beginning to end? And mm. to kind of celebrate those who have, we, we even offer a like special badge for people who have completed the career path, right? Yeah, here on Discord. Yeah, it's totally. graduate pink badge. <laughs> Which is cool, right? Like, I think it's a great testament to what you just said. Like, the certificate, you can definitely take the Scrimba certificate to an employer, and I promise they're going to respect the grind. They might be, they might, you know, every every job interview is, you kind of go in a bit cynically. Like, they, they want to know if you can really do the job. That's the whole point, right? Um, but you're going to go in there with a lot of respect and some good faith if you show that you've put so much effort into yeah, it's it's a no, it's a really good thing to have. Um, yeah, I want to talk just quickly about, um, and I see Intuitive Cutie asking in the chat if um, it's cool for them to come up. Basically, yes. Like if you're in the chat, you're more than welcome to come up. Um, it's just if you're if you literally joined the server ten minutes ago, you can't come up. But if you joined um, even yesterday or earlier today, that's totally cool. Just want to be clear about that. Everybody's um, welcome. Uh, yeah, so one thing I learned again in my research was that 
Okay, I think this is a bit anecdotal, and, and I would take it with a grain of salt, but this one person said that they kind of realized you can add certificates to your LinkedIn profile, and when they added the certificate to their profile, they started to get more like LinkedIn notifications, like so-and-so has viewed your profile, put me a few more messages and stuff like that. And um, I couldn't possibly speculate as to how LinkedIn like take that into consideration. It could be that you surface for more search results because LinkedIn can say, well, if you have a JavaScript certification, you're probably not a bad person to at least surface for a JavaScript candidate. Um, I think that's really cool. And I think that when you're kind of applying for jobs, like we've we've often said here at Scrimba, and, and I don't mean us on stage necessarily, but we speak to so many industry experts at Scrimba who have got jobs without computer science degrees, sat on both sides of the hiring table, um, who, who basically say that um, when you just apply to a job on a job board, it can work, but it's probably the least creative, most competitive thing you can do. When actually, if you're like creating content, networking, participating in the community, doing open source, helping others, all these things are great multipliers that will help you stand out. I think honestly, when you're on LinkedIn, you kind of want to be subtly visible and look active to potential employers. And when you're posting LinkedIn updates like, oh, hey, I just got this certificate. Sometimes we look at those and think, mm, yeah, like I'm not sure if I want to be the kind of person posting that. But by kind of having a pulse and showing how active you are and how actively you're learning, I think that's really cool. The question is normally, oh, I don't know what to post. But just posting about your progress as you enter certificates I think is like a great place to to celebrate and kind of what you said Leanne just finding those little wins to keep you motivated through the long through the long path to becoming a successful developer yeah definitely because motivation and morale is such an important thing so I mean for that reason alone they, they do have their uses for sure yeah, you mentioned the LinkedIn uh, certificate. Uh, do you know if that was just some third-party certificate added to LinkedIn or it was like LinkedIn, LinkedIn internal certificate? Ah, very, very good question. Um, for context, LinkedIn do have their own certificates. This this person was talking about adding the free code camp certificates ah, right. to, I think, like I found a Dev.2 post where someone started a discussion, like what weight do free code camp? Um, I'll find a link and share it and see if I can find the source. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely wanted to bring a pinch of salt to that one yeah because i have actually tried the linkedin uh skills assessment uh it's basically in their jobs tab you can then select skills assessment and it's like a quiz i think like 10 15 questions um and basically what happens is they uh, they kind of improve your seo so for example if you have a javascript certification you then get surfaced higher to people who are searching for javascript and mm. also uh when company is uh making a new job live with a particular search tag like javascript you get pinged and notified one of the first people uh so you'll you'll be able to keep updated with like new job searches for the skills assessment that you have received hmm. Didn't know that. Um, what do you think about the LinkedIn certifications and stuff? Like I did one about JavaScript and the questions were like, all mul I, I noticed two things. The questions are all multi-choice, which yeah. like, by the way, when you're writing code, you don't get like four options. What line do you want to add next? Like it's not really realistic. And yeah, it wasn't controlled. Like I honestly could have Googled a lot of the answer if I, if I oh, yeah. was doing yeah. it more difficult. But yeah, doesn't that basically mean it's pointless? Like who cares? Like it just seems silly. Yeah, I don't think that it's like you might you might learn some uh, trivia, you know, it would be useful for if ever by some miracle you participate in JavaScript pub quiz. 
Uh, I <laughs> well, think we've come close. that'll be yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be fantastic, and uh, it would be great preparation. You might win, you know, a couple of beers. Uh, but on the other hand, it also improves your SEO of your profile, so you you benefit mm-hmm. in that regard. So it's like you spend ten minutes or fifteen minutes on it. Uh, yeah, it might be a little bit useless, but at the same time, some recruiter might find you quicker and reach out quicker as well. So yeah, it might have a benefit. But I don't. I wouldn't put my trust. Like for example, if I saw if I was looking for a JavaScript developer and I saw that they have a JavaScript skills badge on LinkedIn, I wouldn't think like, oh my god, I need to hire this person right now. Yeah, uh, I would be like, I, they know the system, they know how to game it, uh, and that's pretty much it. I wouldn't judge or anything. Um, because well, I have one <laughs> for that oh, reason. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's literally just gaming the system to get yourself some search points. I think that's like an excellent point. Like even if like take, I'll just speak from my perspective. Like even if I think mm, I know this doesn't make any sense. Like it doesn't prove I'm a good dev. Um, if it helps you appear on the pro on the search results more prominently, um, or any of the other benefits you described, let's be honest, the certificates are way down in the LinkedIn profile. They're going to read your kind of statement and job experience, and that's probably the, the 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 things that are going to get them to actually reach out once they find your profile, which is an important crucial step, obviously. Um, I, I also kind of yeah, you you said like if you saw it on a candidate's profile, and wouldn't regard it as um, but you're a developer, right? And I, I kind of struggled to kind of understand this world because I've only ever really like worked and been hired by other developers. Um, and I think nowadays, maybe, maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago or something, it probably wasn't the most uncommon thing in the world for a business person to hire a developer on their staff or, or a marketing officer, CMO or something, to bring a developer onto the staff. And if a CMO is looking at your, your qualifications and they are like, well, I've done some marketing ones, I think they're in a different industry, you know, they might, they might bring you on board. Board. But honestly, from everything I've seen at Scrimba in the last eight months and, and everybody I know, it feels like most developers get hired by other developers. And whilst there are maybe some rare jobs where the person doesn't know what they're looking at, they're like, oh, JavaScript certificate. Frankly, most developers kind of understand what, what's actually involved. You've been doing this a bit like longer than me, I think, Michael. Is that like a reasonable assessment? Like, do you think that most developers get hired by developers nowadays? Uh, yeah, so I think it kind of depends on the company, obviously. The bigger the company, the definitely you will have I, I think it's past probably two three developer shop you would definitely be hired by developers uh, but there are a lot of startups and little companies that start off with oh we just need someone to do some wordpress uh and sure. you know they're just trying to find someone um so i think in that way uh certifications actually help they help you secure in contracts um mm. They also like companies are also interested in you having a certification because they sell your labor to people who trust certifications. So, for example, if I work for a freelance company or outsourcing company, uh, my managers are interested in me having certification because they would be going to non-technical clients and say, oh, we've got certified developers. So they know exactly what they're doing. And it's quite likely that they will be able to charge higher premium. Uh, for my time yes so it's kind yeah. of it's all really intertwined uh, there isn't really a clear cut like certificates are useful or useless because lots of people get different things out of them uh, and knowledge is oftentimes not the most important thing out of a certificate <laughs> as, as cynical as it sounds mm. uh, it, it just kind of kind of true because a lot of companies especially big companies are interested in risk management uh, and uh, you having a certificate kind of makes you less risky of a bet. Mm-hmm. 
It's an interesting question in the chat, Michael. Um, you said earlier that um, when you've been in a hiring position, um, at the JavaScript LinkedIn certificate wouldn't have made you think, oh my God, I need to hire this person. And Intuitive Cutie asks, what would cause you to have the reaction of, oh my God, I need to hire this person? Ooh, um, well, kind of like, I never was like the single decision maker. Uh, mm-hmm. It was mostly, I was on the panel with other people. Um, mm-hmm. And generally, sorry, was that? Wait, so again. What would give you that feeling? Uh, I don't think it's initial uh, because I would try to just keep it away until I can talk to the person. Uh, but after the conversation, I think it's a combination of uh, someone really wants to do, uh, like they really want to do the job. They're really, um, I wouldn't say, I, I don't like saying passionate. I would say they're really enthusiastic about the job and they're really interested in learning more about it. Uh, and also they have really friendly uh, personality about them uh, because I think it's mostly once you have curiosity uh, and you're a fairly easygoing person, uh, I think it would be much easier to work with such people. And it, I personally don't believe that a lot of knowledge is important, uh, but that obviously depends on the job in question. Like, for example, if I were hire a junior, I was trying to hire a junior developer, uh, I'll be just looking at personality and uh, are they curious? Uh, but for example, if we were hiring for a tech lead uh, in a department, then obviously you'd be interested to see how they manage tricky situations, uh, how they manage conflicts. So there will be a lot of other caveats to their previous experience. Intuitive QT has another question. And by the way, anybody else who's keen to ask a question, please just go ahead, ask it in the Fireside Chat channel or raise your hand here in the stage. Um, Intuitive QT said, the idea of getting a job as a dev scares the crap out of me and i think that's not hard to understand like it is a it takes a lot of courage honestly um and michael since you've been involved on the kind of hiring side of the table maybe you could give a good answer to intuitive cutie when she asked or they asked any tips for getting over that fear unfortunately i don't like as a person who was interviewing um kind of like who was uh, basically like our process was literally through all the interviews then people kind of walk in and we just say uh yes let's hire or no let's not so i was like one of those people who was chipping in with my opinion um and i wouldn't say that i have very particularly good advice but on the other hand i have interviewed for probably at least 50 different companies so far i i haven't kept the track to be honest but roughly about the correct number i would say the best thing to go with the fear is to interview a lot once you get past Last 10, 15 interviews, each other interview will be just another conversation. You know, it's like when you catch up with people in a bar or something or like think, you know, when you go to a shop and you order something uh, or you go to a restaurant and you order something, you know, you don't have any fear about it. Um, I mean, to be honest, I haven't been to a restaurant for a while, so that would be quite nerve nerve wracking. But nevertheless, you see my point, basically. Once you do something that you're really used to, it would be less, uh, less scary. Because you kind of realized there was nothing bad about in the first place. Yeah, because uh, quite honestly, when you go to an interview, people really want to hire you uh, because there is a lot of time commitment and there is a lot of money involved in interviewing. Uh, so, for example, if I take it out just from my company example, uh, we have uh, so the candidate goes through, we look at their CV. Uh, so that's basically like five people spend at least 10 minutes. Uh, Michael, to look at- I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's yeah. just for the person who asked the question is like, he needs to come on stage. So might as well bring them up and then you can oh, yeah. talk directly. Yeah, 100%. Cool. 
Hey, it's a cutesy. Welcome to the stage. Thanks for coming out. Hey. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. I wasn't sure how to phrase my question. That's why I didn't come up initially. But I guess what I meant is because I work at a tech company already and they do have open positions, I wouldn't be able to apply right now because I'm not ready. But down the line, I would like to and I would feel comfortable with the interviewing process. I think it's more the thought of becoming a developer and what that would entail that freaks me out <laughs> I, I don't it's hard for me to imagine mm. myself in that role I guess is what I'm saying so I'm trying to work past that fear mm. but any tips that you guys have would be super helpful I would yeah, say perhaps. that they yeah. really want to hire you already uh, you know any internal any internal person who transfers to be a developer it's very for from a company perspective it's a very safe bet because they already hired you they already trust you with their processes they know that you can do the job and now you have just displayed that you are also willing to learn uh, so you know kind of like my, my only question is why do you think that you're not ready to apply i don't think i know enough yet <laughs> i want to get more comfortable with javascript um and i haven't built anything on my own with javascript so um that's something i would like to accomplish before i apply and they also require you to know how to work on web applications which i that's another thing i wouldn't feel comfortable saying i know a lot about so there are uh, still a lot of things that i'd like to cover first before i apply yeah uh, kind of like any any advice apart kind of past that would be really dependent on kind of what kind of relationship you have with your manager, what kind of relationship your manager has with the dev team manager and so on. So, but generally I would probably just try to inquire, uh, just ask them like, what's, how would I get transferred? Or maybe just um, kind of remotely it's a little bit trickier, but maybe you can just write a message in Slack or whatever software you have to their manager and say, hey, I was actually thinking about this dev thing and it looks quite interesting. Do you mind, you know, having a chat and then, yeah, just have 10, 15 minute conversation about what would it take to join their dev team? Uh, I'm pretty sure that they're either really open about it and they would be super happy to help you or you would really realize that you probably don't want to work with that person. <laughs> either way, you win. Uh, so... <laughs> I would not hold back. Just reach out and uh, you know ask what 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 should be what should my next step be. They would be super happy to help. Yeah, I think it's important to strike a balance between um, getting enough experience with the stuff that you need to know and feeling comfortable with it, versus fighting um, off the feeling of well, basically imposter syndrome, which I think we can universally accept that everyone has it and. Pretty much everyone feels like they don't know enough, um, and quite likely you do know enough. Um, so yeah, by all means, get the experience and the skills that you need, but also don't put it off too long. Is what I'm trying to say. And also, before you make the switch, I don't know what your situation is, obviously, but perhaps you could take on a few tasks on the dev side so that you can kind of get your feet wet, as it were, get to know a few people in the team and um, kind of get your foot in the door that way. It might be a bit of a softer entry into it. Yeah, that makes sense. And luckily, I work on a small team, so um, I talk to some of the devs quite frequently, but it's just it's more casual conversation. I don't really talk about the work that they're doing, um, yeah. but I have thought about reaching out to their manager and talking to him and expressing my interest. Um, yeah. But yeah, I actually have another question in regards to being ready. How will I know that I'm ready? <laughs> Do you think maybe um, I brought Karen up because Karen had a really nice answer to your question, actually. Karen, by the way, recently got 
their first job as a developer has some very recent experience. Um, I don't know, Karen, do you want to have a stab at answering that question about yeah, not feeling so, ready? Uh, like, uh, people thought that I was, you know, applying for jobs back in March, but I wasn't. And I never felt even at the start of May when I apply, start applied, you know, to jobs. So I never thought I was ready, but uh, I, I knew that I ha- I know enough to write a few basic things and I can pass the interview. So I, I went ahead with the interview, you know, and yeah, I got the job. And uh, I, I still feel that I really don't know that much, but I think uh, the feeling never goes away. Yeah, so you don't have to think that much for applying a job. Yeah. Advice. Cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. That helps a lot. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Awesome, That's cool. You know, you're, okay. you're ready Thank to you. apply when you are worrying about whether you're ready to apply. Yeah, that's true. You're in quite a good position because you can just um, reach out to the people that you already know on the dev team and and just ask them. Just say, look, I'm interested in becoming a dev. Uh, where would you suggest I start? What skills should I focus on first? And are there any tasks that I can already do? Here are the things I know. And um, yeah, go from there. Yeah, because you show your also... interest going to hurt. Exactly. Oh, because you show your interest, it would help you uh, also kind of establish relationship very early. And you might get yeah. mentors, uh, like someone might mentor you while you're working in your current position. So that will accelerate your learning uh, straight away. See, you know, th- there's literally no downside to uh, reaching out and uh, letting people know that you're interested. Yeah, and you'll be first in, in their minds if they do want to hire someone as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't been at the company that long either. So I guess that's another part of why I'm mm. hesitating. I've been there for mm. a little over three months and I'm on their customer success team. So it's a totally different role, but I've been well, studying is- development. So I have enough experience to talk about this stuff. But like I said, there's still that hesitation. <laughs> what kind of technology good. company? What kind of company is that like? What kind of? Um- uh, it's a software company. Uh, we have ah. a CRM for small businesses. Ah. Yeah, it's really cool. I would love to contribute to it. Yeah, I have to admit, like, if you have direct experience with a customer and you're a software engineer, that puts you in a very good position because you know these pain points firsthand. Like, you know what bugs bugs customers. And if you're a developer, you know how to fix them. So, I don't know, honestly, if I I were the dev manager, I would hire you now. (laughs) Michael, you're very polarizing. (laughs) But, but by the Thank way, like, I appreciate you guys for talking to me about this because I haven't had anyone else to talk to about it. So thank you. Yeah, well, that's what the Scrimmage community says. It helps. Yeah, exactly. That's helpful. Thanks a lot, Intuitive. Thank you, guys. Cool. Um, oh, bugger. I might have accidentally tried to lower Intuitive from the stage, and I think I might have disconnected them briefly, but I think they can reconnect. Um, that was my bad. Technology, eh? Pardon? Technology. Technology, like it was not like an apology by acknowledgement. No, technology. <laughs> technology. Oh, technology. All right. Well, I think technology is a good yeah. point. It actually anyway. puzzles me so much how useless I am with Zooms or Discords while being a software engineer. Mm, I'm just. I think I just misclicked. To be fair, but oh, okay. Well, then it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Cool. All right. So.
It's 6 p.m. and now there are two things to do. The first is check out the power hour because the power hour opens up at 6 p.m. So if you're ready to start coding, maybe even working towards a certificate, I don't want to hold you up on that at all. Um, but we also have a Hangout voice channel here on Discord. So if you're feeling sociable after this event, you want to ask questions or discuss among your peers, you can find the Hangout channel up in the Scrimba Discord. Um, but yeah, that's everything from me. I don't know, Leanne, Michael, any closing words? Can you close us out? Because we, we want to finish bang on time if we can. And uh, don't get a cycling proficiency certificate. Yeah, word. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much. Tune in next week for another fireside session. And um, the topic is yet to be determined, but you can always subscribe in advance via the link I will post in the fireside chat channel and all our events, including the weekly web dev challenge live streams on Wednesdays and the meetup on Thursdays, which happens on Zoom. That's a video based event. It's all happening in the screen dashboard. Until next time, goodbye.